0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for the, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show.
1: Thank you, Places.
0: So tonight we're talking to Billy Bustamante. We're gonna talk about Broadway Barcada and how we met and everything else. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hello? Hello? Hi, Billy, can you hear me? Hi, I can, can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Oh my I God, hi friend. Uh, Matthew just yelled, he's coming. He
1: took out potatoes.
0: He's eating potatoes, I don't eat, know. Eat those carbs boo, eat those carbs. He just got those mini potatoes from Imperfect Produce, diced them up, threw them in the oven with some, some Parmesan and some mm-hmm. pesto. Yeah. And some lemon. And lemon. Mm. Yes, we are we are celebrating pride very unconventionally with carbs. Oh
2: my gosh, it's the only way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are potatoes carbs? Don't Don't ask. Don't, don't, tell. don't tell. Right. <laughs> they're, they're so little. Billy, it's been a minute. Oh my gosh, so too many minutes. How are you?
2: Oh man, I am good. I'm good. I, I, I always say the, the world is crazy, but we're doing okay. <laughs>
1: so. Are you in the New York right now?
2: Yeah, we're in Brooklyn. We live in Williamsburg.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Where are y'all, are y'all in Virginia?
1: We are in
0: Arlington. Yes. Yes, and so when you say we, you're, not referring, to, you're referring to yourself and your husband? Correct. And our little,
2: and our dog. <laughs>
0: awesome, what kind of dog do you have?
2: We have a little, we have a four-year-old schnoodle, a schnauzer poodle mix, he's adorable.
0: We have two five-year-old pugs. Oh, my gosh. Who are currently cuddling in the windowsill. So if you hear any barks or grumbles, that's what, what you hear.
2: I love that. I
0: I, I give the same disclaimer. <laughs> so, Billy, we met back at the Toby Hut in, I think, 2000. I think you're right. Oh, my gosh, the Toby Hut. That's exactly. <laughs> Did it used to be a pizza hut? No, I'm just saying it kind of reminds you of a Pizza Hut a little bit. What did it used to be? I don't know. Was it anything ever other than Toby's? I don't know. I don't think think it would be. I don't know. Oh, Toby's. I know. We were doing, speaking of pride, we were doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor (laughs) Dreamcoat. That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful time. It was, it was, we were young and making decent money and it was spring. What more can you ask for?
2: I, I, that metabolism back is what I would like to ask
0: for. Yes, yes, a thousand <laughs> times yes. Cause I could never wear that mesh shirt again.
1: Um, no, I, I could wear the mesh shirt. It just wouldn't be probably uh, put on as a shirt. I would underdress the mesh shirt. I would shirt. maybe use it as a sock. <laughs> Oh, a headpiece.
0: Um, so, Billy. Um. Oh boy. How B- did,
1: Billy? Did we do West Side together at Only?
2: We sure did. That was my professional debut. Oh wow. Yeah, that was my first professional show. I, yep. I remember. It's funny. I um, I was visiting my parents back in Maryland for the first time since the pandemic, and we drove past the Olney, and I was like, "Oh,
0: this she different now." <laughs> oh the <laughs> campus has changed yes so different yeah yes different and wonderful actually um but you know what who am i kidding i haven't been there since 2014 i don't know what it looks like right now so <laughs> it's it's only it's far it's um true. <laughs> when you lived here where did you live you lived in maryland or dc I did. yeah like my
2: my family is from maryland so we like you know various spots around Montgomery County. I'm like a Gaithersburg, Rockville guy. Um, I, I haven't lived in Maryland for a couple of decades now, but my family is still in Gaithersburg,
0: yeah. Awesome, so you have a place to crash if you come and visit. You know. That's nice, always good. Um, and I, I do remember another connection with us and you where you basically graciously invited us to perform at an event at the Triad Theater in New York. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh, I used to
2: work for a small but mighty theater company back in the, I guess, early aughts, um, <laughs> called Dreamlight Theater Company, and my job was to curate like a new composer concert series, um, which we were so lucky to have you a part of.
0: That was a that was such a special trip for us, and
1: Matthew uh, reconnected with Kathy Voitko. Who, well, yeah, but that was a funny yes. story because. Billy kept contacting me about wanting some singers from New York to sing uh, the music. And I insisted like, you know, with my imaginary cape and scarf <laughs> thrown over <laughs> my shoulder. I was like, no, I have the singers here. I bring them with, we can't replace PDC with New York or whatever. And then uh, I think the Billy got back to me and said, well, look, can we do at least do one. And I was like, I was like, yeah, sure, rolling my eyes, and then, <laughs> you know, get back, gets back to me uh, later on that it's going to be Kathy Voidko. and I'm like, uh, Kathy went went to our university. Actually, I know Kathy. That's probably really, really cool. <laughs> so oh it was really, God. it was really cool. She sang Boston from at that time the the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. No, the Hollow is what it was called at that time. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, oh, what an experience. I think we do have we have some video of that on YouTube or someplace, don't we? I do I'm, believe. I'm
0: sure
2: we do. I'm sure it exists somewhere.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. I know we do. Um, yeah. So outside of those connections, um, I know that you you've always been kind of interested in photography and have your own like photography studio. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. BillyBphotography.com. We'll put we'll put the link in the chat. Uh, not in the chat. There is no chat. In the description. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, and you're on faculty at Jen Waldman studio. Correct. Can you Correct. tell us about that? Yeah. So
2: um, when I moved to New York in 2006, holy crap, um, I was a couple of years out of college. I would kind of made my way through the Philly theater scene where I went to school. Um, but I knew that when I got to New York, I, I needed to continue training. And I found the Jen Waldman studio, which in my searching was like the only place in New York that I found that was doing like, like technique, like musical theater actor training from a technical and process level perspective, not like a, you know, a pay to play where you're, you know, paying a casting director to like, you their opinions like these these people were like learning how to act through musicals um and i knew that's what i needed so i i have been a part of the studio ever since you know that's where i could that's what i considered my like my graduate level training um jen is brilliant she's a director performer broadway gal and you know has kind of created this studio that trains purpose-driven actors um uh, for the Broadway stage. So like I've I've since leveled up into a teaching role and I've been teaching there for about five years now. Um and it's been one of like my favorite
0: gigs. That's awesome. I, I love that it came from you kind of being a trainee to a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Um
1: isn't that kind of life
0: isn't yes. it <laughs> yes. Um, so I'd love to spend some time talking about, you're the co-founder of Broadway Barcada, which is yeah. a Filipino cultured organization. So can you tell us about Broadway Barcada, please? Sure, sure.
2: Broadway Barcada is one of like my artistic families here in New York City. It was birthed from a, a small off-Broadway production of a musical called Imelda, a new musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we call it the other Imelda Marcos musical it was before here lies love happened but um uh, it was done through panasian rep it was in two thousand nine and it was my first time being in an all Filipino cast telling a Filipino story um, at the off Broadway level and to me that was a very special thing and the cast quickly became a family um, and we were I remember we were in tech doing a week of ten out of twelves when two um Catastrophic typhoons hit the Philippines, and we we remember being so sad that we couldn't do anything about it because we were literally at the theater all day. Um, so when the show closed, we decided to you know bring the cast back together to have a to create a benefit concert to to raise money for um, to send back home, and that ended up being such a success that we kind of were asked to keep going. And we kept doing benefits. <laughs> we kept doing concerts. We kept doing performances, um, you know. On one level, to keep to keep fundraising for Filipino charities, but on another level, to stay in each other's lives and to keep the Filipino family together. And that family grew from a cast of twelve. To what is now a roster of nearly 200 Filipino theater artists across the country. Wow! Um, and our goal, you know, you know, Broadway Barcada's mission is to provide that community for Filipino artists, where we can cultivate each other's talents, educate our audiences, and collectively elevate the global impact of the Filipino on on stage. Um, and it's been it's been a beautiful thing to be a part of.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Um, and that has a website. Correct, broadwaybarkata.com. We'll put it in the description. <laughs> in the
2: description. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so that so that's basically, those three things are how you spend a majority of your time between your studio, uh, the photography, and Broadway Barkata?
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like I've, I've grown into <clears throat> this, like, multi-hyphenate existence, and I, I feel... Yes, there are those three slices of pie. If I had to think of my my life as a pie, <laughs> I have the educator slice, I have the photographer slice, um, I have this bar- Broadway barca,da you know, leadership slice. Um, but all of those kind of allow me to achieve my goal of kind of taking the two biggest slices, which is which are the you know the performer slice and then like the director choreographer slice. Um, and you know, kind of swap the ratio, the proportions of those two uh, pieces, so that you know, I can ultimately, my goal is to direct and choreograph more, perform less, and this has been, you know, those other hyphenets allow me to kind of have the freedom to pick and choose when I wish to perform versus when I might want to devote my time to directing or choreographing.
0: Got it. So, so speaking of, this is Pride Month, and. Uh, I want to know about your hubby. Where did you meet? What's the story there? Tell me all about it. The tea.
2: Um, (laughs) His name is Peyton. He's wonderful. We've been married for seven years now. Holy crap. Um, We met, actually, I kind of love this story. Um, We met um, on the first gig that I booked when I moved to New York City. And that gig was booked my first month moving to New York City. So okay. we were doing um, a production of Chicago at the Riverside Theater in Florida. Um, we were car mates, housemates, um, and eventually bedmates, <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually life mates. Um, but it was definitely, you know, a, um, you know a. a a wrought showmance in every sense of the word, you know, I just, we met and I just like quickly fell for him, And, you know, I didn't want to be that person to like have a showman, but there we were. Um, and then, you know, it, it stuck. <laughs> and here we are now.
0: Wow. That's like, <laughs> wham, bam. First, first gig. There's your husband.
2: Tell me about it. I joke about it now, but you know, we met in 2006 and, like I age myself by saying back in the days when I was single, grinder had not been invented yet.
0: <laughs> right. That's true.
2: And I'm sure y'all can relate. Because <laughs> y'all you two were like were like an establishment, even like when I met you.
0: What is it now? 23 years?
2: I love that.
1: It was like 25. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when my I was hat. growing up, grinder was something to sharpen your knife with. Tell me about it. You know,
2: I'm a you know I'm a Philly guy, so grinder was a hoagie.
1: <laughs> to me, <laughs> grinder
0: was like a dance step, maybe like a coffee grinder. Yes,
2: yes, totally.
0: Um, oh. so that's I, I that's I just love that story. I love that you and and does Chicago still hold a place in your heart?
2: <laughs> it does. You know, like it was a very special show. Like you know, obviously my you know paid and I met there, but we also met like one of my, one of our dearest, closest friends um, who ended up like officiating our wedding. And it, it was just one of those really formative experiences. Um, yeah, it was great.
0: We, we met during a production of Pippin at Shenandoah University where we went to college. So Pippin like always will have like that, aww, kind of special place in our heart. Not Absolutely. That- I think we had, we had a song from Pippin sung at our wedding. It was oh. not that one. It was with you, of course.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one.
0: So I got my life, I don't know if you did too, watching the Fosse Verdon. Oh my gosh. What a show. Uh, and especially learning like the back history. I knew a lot of it anyway, because, you know, Broadway nerd. But like, s- watching the backstage. I piece. didn't
1: know a lot of it. Yeah. I would, I, I, every episode I was like, oh my God.
0: I read that book, the Fossey book that the series was based on. Yeah, Yeah. have you watched the Halston yet? No, not yet. I'm excited for that one. Oh, you're gonna enjoy it.
2: I need to finish up. I need to tie up a few streaming binging
0: relationships until I get into another one. So I'm I'm waiting for Halston. This is actually one of our questions that we we do like three wrap up questions. We're not wrapping yet, but since we're here, might as well go for it. What what are the things? that you've been binging during the pandemic. For us, it's been... White potatoes with pesto sauce from the oven. <laughs> no. Uh, what? The, the Crown, The, the Queen's Gambit. Uh, Broadchurch. Ozark. Ozark. Ooh. The Office. Like, all these shows that people have been, like, we're so late to the party on everything because we're always so busy, like, I, performing or doing stuff. I watched Sea Spiracy. What? Oh, I have not seen that.
1: Man, I'm scared of that. It's, 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 it's challenging. You know, I think, I don't know. I'll just speak for myself. You know, I always want to grow up and be like as educated as I I can be about stuff. And there's still some things about food Mm. that I think I somehow am in denial about. Yeah. Yeah. And that Um. is the food industry because I'm not a huge meat eater, but I'm also not a huge, Vegetarian I, either, although for dinner, I did have a Caesar salad and potatoes from the oven with pesto and lemon. Look at you. But um, this, the <laughs> conspiracy will make you question your life. Oh. Because the water world is much bigger than the land world. And so therefore there's a lot of, just a lot of discussions. Oh, absolutely.
2: Oh. I feel like I'll never have a salmon filet again after watching that movie.
1: That's how I felt watching it. Yeah, but um, it also makes you question our own. Um, I, it's not selfish, but our own. Um, it's not being gluttons. It's just that, you know, when we're at a restaurant or at a grocery store, we're so far removed from every situation that, okay. it, that yeah, that the
2: happened. way everything is sourced. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, where I mean and that that includes probably you know, 90% of the things in that store. Yeah. Not you even just right. meat.
0: So on that note, what did you binge? Oh, well,
2: uh, I, we loved Queen's Gambit. Loved that. I feel like we took advantage of, we, we used the pandemic to once again, catch up on all the things that we really never really, that we missed the boat on. So like we started and finished and then repeated Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Yes, we uh, started and finished the West Wing, which is which was for us that really got us through like the beginning of the pandemic. Um, uh, and then the thing that got us through like the midsection was Ted Lasso.
1: We've heard that over and over we have not started Ted Lasso. What is Ted Lasso even about?
2: You know like it, it on paper, it would not be something that would you know ring my chimes. you know, it's about like a, a, an American, football coach who becomes like like a failed American football coach who becomes um, uh, the coach of a failed British football team. Um, but there's, you know, it's ultimately like a tribute to positivity and empathy and being a good human. And for me, that was really, um, that was just, it was exactly what my soul needed during the pandemic. Yeah. So highly recommend
1: yeah. How, how have things been in your life uh, sort of dealing with, um, see, how can I say this without throwing up a huge red flag? But, you know, basically we've entered into a, a brand new world where yeah. we are dealing with nothing but sort of like information and misinformation at the same time. Yeah and like of course me and steven think that we're informed and we talk to people who we think are uninformed but it's like a balancing act when you're dealing with like friends and relatives and you know we had some friends i can't mention their names but if you know who you are if you're listening we had some friends that you know, jumped on the QAnon train
0: sure and wow. all of a yeah. sudden we're like i mean i would use lower case, case f
1: friend <laughs> I hear you. Well, you know acquaintances. Well, when we're in theater, we all kind of live as a family and assume that people are probably maybe uh, closer friends than maybe they really are. I don't know. Um, But we had to deal with a couple of those situations where we're like, "Oh my gosh, this person is really on." We know a person that actually, well, we know a couple people that actually went to January sixth cookout at the Capitol. Wow cookout that's all it was it was just a cookout it was just yeah you
2: know it's it's an insane time and i don't use that word insane lightly like i use it very purposefully like i feel like there's a lot of insanity in the world going going through the world right now and i think for me the thing that a keeps me centered gets me through the day um are a lot of the muscles like the uh, the intellectual muscles i've learned to flex through my artistry which i'm sure you two can both relate to like the way we examine stories question truths look at like step into other people's perspectives and experiences to me that's helped me you know in some cases find the humanity behind the crazy that we that we're like inundated with both online and in person. Um, like, you know, for as an example, this is a variation of what you're talking about, but you know, it's it's a scary time to be an Asian in New York City or in the mm-hmm. country in this moment. And there are a lot of, putting the term generously, unwell people, like um, inciting a lot of violence against people that look like me and it, it's a challenge, and I, I don't meet the challenge many times, but it's a challenge to find the humanity in those people and, or in anyone that kind of thinks so differently than you and exists so differently than you. But, you know, it again, it's a practice that I'm still, you know, working through. But I'm, I keep trying to, A, examine the source of the information, examine the source of the um, the perspectives that I hear from these people and then maybe even when I get there examine the root like the root of the source because ultimately like when I when I when I can tap into something underneath the ugliness of what people are doing and saying like we are essentially coming from the same place like trying to find the same thing people are trying to find some place to belong something to believe in something to stand up for something to give their life meaning and you know unfortunately it's you know, for us, it's theater and art. For some people, it's QAnon or violence. But it gives me hope that if we can do our jobs right as humans, we can find some way to meet in the middle. I don't know if that makes any
1: sense. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I think it's like in what you just said. So many people feel like they are belonging to something that is going to somehow change maybe even our our minds because maybe they think that we're not belonging to the right... right. Um, it's it's hard for us as actors sometimes to wrap our heads around things when things happen because we go into so many situations with this being vulnerable and open to basically learn how to be a performer, uh, tell stories and also be open for criticism and feedback almost on a daily, you know? Yeah. And so when things like this happen, you almost do a double take of like, Oh, right. I'm living in my Arlington bubble oh yeah of course this is happening wherever it's happening and you know I I always say to to Stephen my husband you know we're just so lucky to even have the commas and experiences added into our lives that just open up our eyes even if it's just a conversation Mm -hmm. you know we are at least able to do that where you know we all have friends or family members that we can't even even get beyond a conversation Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: um, Half the reason we started this podcast is really just to, to ask and listen and hear other people and other people's lives, because that's the only way you learn in life. Well,
1: it wasn't until recently that I really, you know, really saw myself, you know, I've been a part of a theater for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, for the first time, see myself sharing the room and opening up. A, uh, a space where I, my name isn't attached to everything. Where mm-hmm. uh, it, that that was never really the case. I never really th- thought about it like that because I never realized my privilege as a white guy directing theater. Sure. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, of course. I Why did it take this uh, era for me to see this? But I think COVID probably for all of us kind of stopped us in our tracks because we were all on this hamster wheel.
2: Absolutely, like that's exactly what it was. It was a hamster wheel.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about much except where I was gonna get my Dunkin' Donuts from.
2: Yep,
0: (laughs) where where was the next gig coming from?
1: Yeah, and now I just question even spending $5 for a cup of coffee when I can make it at home.
0: I mean. (laughs) I mean, we've learned to cut our own hair. Wow. I know. That's,
1: yeah. And okay. and
0: I don't like to do it because, I, but I'm then I'm like you know I'm saving that money and I kind of need to. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, these are silly questions. I'm just going to ask you, you answer however you choose. Amazing. If there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it?
2: <laughs> okay, it would be. Um, it would not be healthy. <laughs> there would be two different kinds of cheese. Yes. There would be a pork product of some kind.
0: uh uh-huh.
2: um, There would be an Asian and soul food twist. Okay. And I think instead of two slices of bread, it would be wrapped in a scallion
0: pancake. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, yes. I think about food a lot. I can tell that that's expertly designed, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, that made me hungry. Um, (laughs) If you could ask one person one question and they had to answer truthfully, who and what would you ask? Oh,
2: oh, man. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh man. Okay. This this should be a quick fire answer, right? So I no, just...
0: no, I mean, you just, just stammer all you want. I'm here for it.
2: One person, one question. And what would I ask? I would ask. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take a minute. I apologize. I apologize. That's all right. Um,
0: You want me to pass and come back to it?
2: No, I think I'm here. I would ask Stephen Sondheim to walk me through writing someone in a tree.
0: Wow. One of the best songs ever. I mean. Uh, It it sums up the world.
2: It really does. Perspectives, honey. It it gives (laughs) me,
0: every time I even think about that song, I get chills.
2: It's a good one. So is he.
0: Uh, and everybody like thinks they know the freaking story, but that's just, I mean, look at America, look at the world. It's just, uh, anyway, yeah. That song gets me schmoopy, really does. All right, what would be Billy Bustamante's best day ever? Oh, okay. Uh, wake up, kiss
2: my husband, have a really good breakfast, maybe outdoors, Maybe al fresco. Yeah, maybe with some um, alcohol involved.
0: Uh huh.
2: Um, stroll to rehearsal at the public
0: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> where I am directing a new musical. Uh huh. Filled with all kinds of people, written by all kinds of people. Um, there are students learning alongside professionals. Um, and then we end rehearsal. And then I stroll over to another theater where I watch a really good production of Once on This Island.
0: <laughs> oh, I love all that. Uh, I There's more this, food involved, but you know. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, of course, you didn't name enough meals. It's um, <laughs> I didn't get to see the last revival of Once on This Island, and I really wanted to. Oh, and man. then I was supposed to see the tour when it came to the Kennedy Center, and then, you know right no theater um, for
2: you it's one of the great um thing i think that's one of the things that i'm gonna regret most about what COVID took from us was that revival it's it's really stellar
0: uh-huh yeah um what is something you like that most people don't
2: okay what is something i like that most people don't okay back to food i really like mixing salty stuff in my ice cream salty stuff in my ice cream, and I know it's kind of a thing now, but when I was growing up, like, bless you, might be an overshare. I would take like this Chinese freeze dried pork product, Uh
0: and like mix it into my ice cream. Okay, I've done peanuts. Sure. But salty and sweet. I used to dip my French fries in my milkshake.
2: Oh yeah, French fries in your frosty like all
0: day. French fries in the apple pie is really good too. Oh hey yeah! I oh, have god. never thought of that. Potatoes and apples together. Wait, let's put some apples in my potatoes. 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 Oh god! You, you should. You like do
2: we? You, you should know. You should do these things over dinner. <laughs> I know. Like, you should do these recordings over dinner because I really. I'm gonna eat after this.
1: <laughs> well, I've always been a little bit of a foodie in the sense that like, I like to try, I will try just about anything. Yeah. Um, and I like to experiment in the kitchen. I like to fail in the kitchen because I learned what you know, what not to do, what to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I had gotten this little bag of red potatoes and, and Steve was like, what are you gonna do with those? And I was like, I don't know. And he just bought a little tube of pesto and he said, what do you think <laughs> about pesto potatoes? And I was like, that sounds delightful. Amazing. So since oh. I knew I was gonna only eat potatoes and maybe a Caesar salad, that was just about the extent of the dinner. Cause I was like, I can't fix anything else. I'm not gonna be able to fit into my wedding dress. <laughs> 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 oh
2: my gosh, wait, I have one answer that's like really taken aback for the three of us. Uh huh. One more answer about things, that, something that I like that not many people may. Okay. Spinach funk.
1: <laughs> Matt loves it. Oh my God. That's- Okay, one of our friends, Barbara Bear, was was at our house on Memorial Day talking about the spinach funk. Yes, and she basically was like, "I would have always have been that person to basically just take a plate and get nothing but spinach funk." That is amazing. But I can't even remember. I can't remember what how it was even, what it was even in it. Was it like a cream cheese dish?
2: Um, I the... I don't even want to know.
1: <laughs> I mean, because I knew that there was like. Some sort of cheese consistency in it.
2: Sure, sure.
0: Um, And something green. Who knows if it was spinach.
1: (laughs) I loved it. I loved it.
0: I just remember we used to find pieces of it on the floor when we were bowed down before Pharaoh. (laughs)
2: That's right. Like on my knee pads, on our gold pads.
0: (laughs) Oh, the stinky knee pads. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we lived, (laughs) y'all. Oh, we, we, life was a, life was a buffet. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, We've since lost Lenore, one of the two narrators. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I think about that all the time. It just seems so unfathomable. She was
2: a powerhouse.
0: Yeah. She and A.K. Brink shared the role of the narrator.
2: Right. Oh, my gosh. A.K. What a great company that was.
0: Mm -hmm. I really wasn't and me and Larry Muncy shared the, the old Joseph. Oh yeah, that's right, I remember.
1: Mary, Mary Jo Brenner. Yes. Russell oh Bunday. Yes. Uh, Jill.
0: Schulenberger.
1: Yes.
2: Um, Breezy C. Tipton.
1: Yes. Marcus Davis. Ah, yes!
2: Oh my gosh, y'all. What a, oh my, I, I need to track all these people down.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's like a lifetime ago. It really was. Like we were young. Like legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> now we're old married ladies. Tell me about it. Now I, we I, talk I, about I cicadas. Just
2: turned, I just turned forty, so like I can I feel like I can officially call myself like you know.
0: Oh, join job. the club. It's great. I feel great. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I'm just a couple years ahead of you. You F.E.S. Uh, it's, it's, it's all downhill from here, buddy.
2: <laughs> no, no, We're going to enjoy the ride, though.
1: I, I do think the older you get, or at least for me, I feel like you really start to learn so much more about yourself that you aren't afraid. You, you, you get less afraid to upset people's feelings over decisions that normally would, you'd be nervous about when you were younger, about hurting someone's by making a decision. Like, uh, should I take this job or should I not? I think the older you get, the more comfortable in, in at just making the decision for yourself and only yourself, whatever's gonna make you happy. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would yeah. I, I would, would also say you just
0: run out of bullshit. Yeah, you run out of fucks to give. Yeah. Yeah. Because you you're like I've seen all this. I, I don't have the time for it. Um please take somebody else's oxygen. Right. I right. need mine. Yeah, that's.
1: I just love the, That's almost like a cool card game. Like, we should develop a card game. And you're, you're like, hey Billy. So, um, do you? He has to got like cards in his hand. And yeah. I'm like, hey. So I need three fucks. Do you have any? You have any fucks to give? Nope.
0: <laughs> I'm, like, and, I'm all out. He's like, Go fish. Um, did you? That's a bad idea. It's probably done. I mean, speak it. It's probably already out, out there, there for sale. Yeah. Um. Billy, during this past year, a lot of people, like, learned a new skill or, like, you know, did you do any of that? You learned how to bake or anything fancy? No, no I mean, like, we, we cooked a lot. I mean, like, I had always been a,
2: a cooker, which, then it was nice to kind of, like, devote more time to that. Um, I had big plans of, like, learning new things. Like, I wanted to learn ASL. Sure didn't happen. But um, <laughs> I think for me, like the new things that I found were like in my teaching practice. Because as a teacher, you know, especially teaching theater in person, you kind of get used to like a way of doing it, and then like being forced to do it all online, and like just dis- identify what needed to be taught um, was for me like the the discovery. Like, um, I. I created like five new classes to teach based on what people needed to learn and how people needed to work. Like I taught a class about marking in your home for people that were taking class at home or like self tapes, oh my gosh. But like for me,
0: that's where the creativity came. Right. Because all of us have to learn how to be a new version of us. Yeah, how to do like what we do in a completely different way. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, some things will revert. Yeah. Or will revert in a hybrid manner um, because you've also made it, the arts accessible to so many more people that maybe couldn't go in person or afford the travel or you know absolutely and I think once that well is you know struck and flowing it, it would be really hard to take it away from people
2: yeah you are I completely agree like that's and- funny when I think of like Jen Waldman's studio, you know, we were teaching in person on 38th street in theater district. And we would have nine people in a class at a time. And in order to take part in the studio, you had to be accessible to the theater district. And when we moved online, all of a sudden, we are like reaching people in like literally 14 different countries, 41 different states. And we are able to like serve so many more people without the barrier of access. Right. That's
0: so wonderful. And it's a it's it probably worked out better for y'all, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cool. that's that's what I mean. And I hope equity is hearing us as well. Tap, tap, tap. That's I know. <laughs> well access. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Um well Billy, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We have one more question before yeah. we let you go go back to your husband and your um kitchen. Uh <laughs> When Matthew is producing um, Susan Derry's album coming up, it's a holiday album called "I Wish It So," and it, it's been it's made us think a lot about wishes and what a wish is and the power of a wish. Um, and we uh, built this wish box thing, and we've been asking each of our guests uh, guests this question, and so the the box keeps getting filled with wishes. We've worked we we're one of our interviewers was uh, our, our interviewees is an artist by the name of Shushmiz, uh, Shushmita Mazendar, and she has a studio in Arlington where she wants to basically have an event where sometime in the late fall we open up the box and there's an art project perhaps that we take these wishes and it kind of measures the the barometer of the arts community in the past year. Um, so the question I, I wanted to ask, pose to you is if you had one thing to wish for be it for yourself, your family, the country, the world, uh, top of mind, first thing that comes to it, what would it be?
2: Oh, what a great question. I wish that within my lifetime, I see the version of the theater that I wish to see.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yes, writing it down. <clears throat> All right. I wish I wrote faster. I love hearing
2: you write. I love hearing you write. It's, it's very, it's like, give me like Foley work. It's great.
0: <laughs> it's correct. So I just made my wish. I wish I could write faster. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I love, idea.
2: I love that idea of opening up uh, the jar. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And then creating art from it. And yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. It's it's an interesting idea. But um, well, thank you, Billy. We love you. We loved catching up. It's been a long time. Oh, my gosh. You
2: too. Yes, it's been too long.
0: Yeah. So um, I guess... We will. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you this when it goes out. It will be sometime during this month of Pride. I, we're still trying to squeeze all these things in, but that's not interesting to you, so I'll just send it to you whenever it is.
2: <laughs> amazing! Amazing! I'm so all right, excited. We love you. We love you too. Best right. of luck with everything. You. This Bye. Is great.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: so great to talk to Billy. If you want to know more about us, we're at www.connorsmithmusicals.com That's Connor with an E-R smithmusicals.com From there, you can find our podcast and everything else about us. We hope that you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. That helps us out. Thanks so much. And... Well, Matthew, what do you have to say? Well, as we always say, turn, turn your heart, heart, into heart into art. Good night everybody. Good night.